It is Thursday, March 2nd. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. Kevin Durant makes his son's debut. And Auburn blows a golden chance. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Kevin Durant scores 23 in a successful Phoenix Suns debut. And I'll just go ahead and say that's going to be the Vegas lead. And we are joined by our NBA expert, Mackenzie Rivers. Mac Phoenix 105, Charlotte 91. KD looked great, but he also made it easy for Devin Booker to look great as well. Yes, seamless is the word of the day. The Suns will be the title favorites before the end of the year. There's something we know that's not being accounted for in the market. The Suns odds, 4-1, to 5-1, to whatever you can get, it's saying this is the odds of a team that might work. I don't think there's any might about it. Kevin Durant, his number one superpower is portability. Put him on any squad, the way he plays, the way he plays off guys, you don't have to create shots for him, he creates his own shots. It just works. So I think Devin Booker's offense goes up with this. I think DeAndre Ayton's offense goes up, not down, with Kevin Durant on the team. So I think uh, I'm not surprised that they started off so hot. And Chris Paul shot one for eight, and they won going away. That's the kind of offense that Chris Paul needs to be in, and everyone else is fitting into the roles as well. Yeah, that's that was going to be my next question is, is Chris Paul maybe having two points and 11 assists the best recipe for this Suns team? It is, I think, yeah. And I actually bet him under his point prop because I didn't don't think he has to shoot. I think whenever the Suns – have Chris Paul shoot, they lost that possession. The other team got them to move the ball where Chris Paul had to shoot at the end of the clock. He can still bail you out five times a game, but in general, he's going to shoot less. He's going to score eight points a game instead of 13 like he has on the season, and the Suns are going to do a lot better on offense. I guess the question will be what they look like defensively, and I guess it's hard to really take anything away from a game with the Hornets to know if they're going to be good enough defensively, but what are your thoughts on that? We know they can guard Terry Rozier. That's what we learned uh, last night. Uh, Yeah, you're right. This is... um, I mean, the fact that they held the Hornets meant, meant they were enthused, meant that they wanted to play defense, but they haven't been tested. So you looked at Durant, scored 23 points. I, I assumed a lot of people were going to be betting his point total over in his son's debut. Did he go over his point prop? He did. He had a minute restriction, so the prop was reduced. It was about 20 and a half at most places. Uh, ended up playing a little bit more than his minutes restriction. Scored a little bit more points than expected. 23 points, so he did uh, surpass. That number will go up, though. Yeah. And do you expect his scoring to go up? Or is this what we're going to see, Devin Booker being the leading scorer and Durant being the, the second guy? I don't think Kevin Durant would mind. He has more defensive responsibilities at this point in his career, but he's averaging 30 on the season. It's going to be 28 and a half, 29 and a half. Devin Booker, I think, would be a point or two lower than that. Tomorrow we get uh, Phoenix at Chicago on Sunday. Big game on ABC, 1 o'clock, Phoenix at Dallas. That should be a fun time. The two two teams that look like they're the new-look favorites in the Western Conference. It's kind of situated right. They played the Hornets, who tests nothing, but, you know, he got out there, he played well. Then they test the Bulls, who have been the number one defense with Patrick Beverly and Alex Caruso since January 1st. So they got that test. And then they have – and then you talk about their – are they going to be able to play defense? They'll find out against the Mavericks, against two dynamic offensive dynamos. That's going to be a fun game on Sunday. Against Kyrie with Mike Breen going, bang! (laughs) Luka against Booker. I mean, Luka and Booker is a real rivalry. They played in the playoffs a couple times, and that look in Game 7 that Luka gave Devin Booker, that's a meme he'll never be able to live down unless he beats him in the playoffs. This is going to be fun. So that's a – listen, I'm kind of with Mac. I I generally think – I think – I've always said Chris Paul is like a guy I don't want on my team come playoff time, Mm -hmm. but it does feel like his role is so minimalized now that maybe he's a good guy to have. If he's like your fourth option, my, my thought was always Chris Paul is like an a or B isn't ideal, but Chris Paul is your fourth option. You might be in really good shape. I agree with that. Chris Paul right now on this team is playing like the Jason kid role when the Mavericks won the title. Exactly what I thought as well. Yeah. He's the greatest role player of all time. The problem is, People considered him a superstar. Maybe he falls short of that. But as far as understanding what needs to be done on a given possession, John Stockton, 
back in the day in 97, 98, Jason Kidd won a championship this way. I think he's situated to be that floor general. So the Suns are the second favorite right now to win the title, but they are the favorite in the Western Conference. Only the Celtics have better odds to win the NBA title. Elsewhere in the league, we said yesterday, it's too damn high. <laughs> the Cavs catching five at the Celtics. And for three quarters, it looked like I was really, really wrong about that. Fourth quarter, all Cavs, they come back and lose by four, 117, 113. What'd you take away from that game? Well, first of all, you were right. You didn't have to wait for the game to start. All the money came in on Cleveland. It was four and a half and five in some spots. Uh, I thought the defensive performance from the Celtics would step up. They have a great track record of coming off a loss. And really, you're not going to see it from the box score, but they did everything that you would expect. They actually held them to 100 through 47 minutes, and then 13 points in the last minute killed my Cavs team total bet. But either way, the Celtics did what they were supposed to do. Jason Tatum, 41-11-8. The dude's 15-1 to to win the MVP. And if Jokic wasn't doing, you know, if Jokic wasn't playing, I think uh, Jason Tatum would be the MVP this year. And uh, this should give a, You should be able to bet on, like, second place. Right? <laughs> you know, in New Jersey for the college basketball championship, you have to bet um, – Team to win without New Jersey yes. colleges. Yes. They should do that. Team to win MVP without Nicole. Yeah, like, like MVP. We are, just in case Seton Hall ever wins the title. <laughs> right. oh, Rutgers, come on. Yeah, okay. But, but, but that's the thing. Like, we know when the voting is released, we know who finishes runner-up. So why not just right. take odds on that? Like, it's can, another market. I like we it. We can bet on everything else. Why not just bet on second place finish in the MVP because right now it would be like Embiid would be the favorite to finish right. second and then Giannis it's an interesting race whereas and, and Jokic, Giannis might yeah. be the second and I would say Jason Tatum what's the more interesting the bet Jokic yes or no minus 350 or three different guys that could be second place that's the better market and Jason Tatum would get my vote to finish second in the MVP ballot the Knicks blow out the Nets 142 to 118 get used to it bruh yeah, oh, they're good my pretty good Eight, uh, eight straight wins for the Knicks? Yeah, eight, 81 points in the first half. It was an 81-57 halftime score. Uh, Knicks dominate early and never looked back. As expected, Rockets continue to do their job. 113-99 home losers to the Memphis Grizzlies. The Bucks win their 16th straight. So good. Giannis, 31 points, seven boards, six assists. Good at sports, 139-117 winners. Lakers on the road, 123-117 winners at the Thunder. No LeBron, no AD, save their season. You're so pissed at the Thunder, aren't you? I mean, <laughs> amazing. It, it, what a bunch of what a bunch of jerks! Like, it, we, and I I listened Every to you say I that. I was, like, out. I was like, you know what? McKenzie's right on this. The Thunder, like they're gonna they're gonna be playing hard for the rest of the season, and maybe they are. Maybe they just stink. But <laughs> either way, Lakers a much much needed win, and the Pelicans one twenty one one ten winners. Dame Lillard back to his forty point ways. He puts up forty one to go with eight boards. But what was his player prop last night? Thirty six and a half. They put it. They still said so it. They still almost as high okay. as last time. Yeah. Okay. Wow, man. Dame Lillard is like. In respect for the market, he is that, he is that dude. Uh, I, I guess I'll give a quick mention. Bulls beat the Pistons 117-115, and the Sixers beat the Heat 119-96. On to tonight's slate. And, Mac, I'll just let you jump in if you uh, see anything. It's a short schedule, though. Raptors one-point favorites on the road at the Wizards. Sixers are at Dallas. What do you like in this game? I think the Sixers are interesting play here because off the back to back they're going to be downgraded. But Embiid last second scratch versus the Heat on Wednesday night. I feel like he might be. Uh, he might have um, big eyes for this game. Mm. So if he does play, I would probably look at the Sixers, but I'd look at his props as well. Now the San Antonio Spurs, who I've given a lot of credit, said, you know what? They're doing things the right way. They're losing games. They're supposed to lose. What they do last game. They won. What They're a bunch not of win two in a row, right? Well, that, that's my <laughs> thoughts. Is like, what are the odds that they'll win two straight games? They are plus four and a half, hosting the Pacers. Also, not a good team. We feel comfortable saying Spurs going to get back to their losing ways. I think so. No Tyrese Halliburton for the Pacers, but talent doesn't matter when you face the Spurs. It's just, did you show up? Check mark. Hundred percent attendance is the only great most nights. I know the Spurs won a game, so. 
I guess they get credit. But, uh, yeah, Pacers are passed for me. Now, this is the most interesting matchup of the night, in my opinion. The Clippers are three-point favorites at the Warriors. Clippers, obviously, a better team. We know the Warriors do not lose at home very right. often. And the Clippers haven't won a game since they acquired Russell Westbrook. So, What are your thoughts here? Are the Warriors a good spot? I think that's the key point. They want to get off the snide. Uh, so I think the Clippers are, are the way I would look in this game. And I also think the Warriors can be hot and cold defensively. They're a little bit better with Draymond Green back. They're a little bit better at home. I don't think they have two guys that can go with Wiggins and Leonard for 48 minutes. So I'd look at the Clippers. You can still get two and a half in some spots. All right, Mackenzie Rivers, appreciate it. Cool, thank you. All right, we're talking college basketball, and lucky us. Guess who showed up this morning? The only two-time Super Contest champion, Mr. Steve Fezzik. Steve, how are you today? Yes, who shows up for no reason at all. Uh, Dogging and green standing. Me, man. That's talk college basketball, yeah. Can we, can we talk about how there was an incredibly – Incredible bad beat on the system play last night. Uh, we can talk about that. Incredible bad beat on the system talk to play. Me. So TCU's laying three and a half at home against number nine Texas. That is a system play. Lower ranked team favored over a higher ranked. Question team. now: Is it lower ranked team or unranked team? I thought the system Either. play. Our system here I'll, I'll, I'll... is any lower ranked team, which includes unranked. Clearly. Against a higher ranked team that is a favorite. So TCU is home. They're favored. They're favored over they're, they're Texas. System Three and a half. They are a system, the system that is hitting at what, Mackenzie? 66, 67% this year? Entering tonight, yes. Two thirds of the time you are cashing with the system. So Illinois clearly did not get the memo against Northwestern, but continue. <laughs> so TCU is up 75 70 with seven seconds left in the game. And they're laying three and a half? Yeah. Well, this is no lock. Mm. Listen, it was 73 to 70 with 10 seconds to go. Sure. TCU got a layup. Seven seconds is a long time. Texas hits a buzzer beater three. Now that here's is not a bad beat. Here's what is a bad beat. Three and a half, certainly not a bad beat. This was the only time since 12 to 10 that if you had TCU minus two and a half, that Texas was covering. <laughs> so Texas or TCU was covering minus two and a half, which was the widely available opener. Like, that was the most common line. Scott, pull up Fairly Dickinson for me because I'm fairly certain they're up like 18 with like two minutes to play, and they won by eight. What won by they? eight, pusheroni for me. I mean, they and most people lost because it closed nine. But literally, I circled it. I circled it. As 83 a win. 75 final. What was? Can you give me a scroll? Two minutes to go. Well, at the half, it was 45-30. Yeah, but then it got they, they started beating up on them in the second half, too. I so mean, in, the they se- were... in the second half, you had, let's see, 54-43. Go way deep. deep Deeper than deep. that? Go, okay. no, go to the final two minutes. Final two minutes you want? Okay. Yes, because they were styling out there. They were beating up on the big boss man and Akeem. 71-59? How much Does that time sound left? good? That's good. That was with five about five and change left. Go to two minutes. Go to two minutes. I think right, it with, got even with two, no, it was 77-71 with two minutes Oh, left. never mind. All right. All right. I stand corrected. There's just another. But it was 71-59 with 545 left. So, so you know, this is I, if there was one theme, we talked about this, is these conference tourneys and the like, teams get up big, and, and like Merrimack gets up 20, and they don't cover minus 17, can't be trusted. Oftentimes these teams know they're going to play tomorrow or the next day, and their opponent's going, this is their last game, and they go all out. And they get the backdoor covers. Well, let's talk about, now that we mentioned that TCU got that win, 75-73 over Texas, let's talk about a team that was all out and came up just short and a team that really, really needed a win. The Auburn Tigers, you talk about a team like that had a big lead. Auburn was in control of this game at Alabama. Obviously, Alabama you know, one of the best teams in the country. Auburn needed a win, again, like blood, to get into the tournament. At one point, Auburn led this game 66-49 to with nine and a half minutes in the game. They lose 90-85 to in overtime. Alabama comes all the way back and beats them. Brandon Miller, not a great night. Uh, it's been the situation where Brandon Miller's played really well. The rest of the team has not. Brandon Miller 
on this night was 3 of 12 from the field. Didn't play very well. Didn't matter. Auburn goes down. Do you think this ends Auburn's chances at an at-large bid? <laughs> it's like I'm looking at Scott. It's like the I'm I'm not up on Auburn and where they're projected and the Joe Lenardi stuff is, but it, you know it sure feels like a dream crusher of epic proportions for poor Auburn. But um, Auburn has one game left. They got opportunity, right? They, they've got one game left against Tennessee. Uh, it's a home game. Going to have to win it. It would be a quad one win. So yeah, they have to win that. What's their SEC record chance. right now? Uh, nine and eight. Hmm. Hmm. Nine, you know, nine, and nine and eight in the SEC is not exactly nine and eight in the Big Ten when you've got South Carolinas and Vanderbilts. Although I know Vandy's playing better. Although, can we, can we talk about the, from the other side of this game though? Like, I I told you what was it a week ago, AJ, that I can't wait to bet on Texas A and M at home against Alabama in the final game of this year. Now we've seen Alabama play two games where they did not cover. Three games. Well, three games where they did not cover. Now they're at Texas A&M. You know they're going to be laying points. Probably three. I'm I'm betting the Aggies. Why should I not? Aggies have been the better team the past 10 games. What what has Alabama done? I I guess you can say they've won these games, right? But they don't give me any confidence to bet them as a road favorite, especially when they're looking ahead to the conference tournament, right? With with outside distractions and questions in the – press conferences that you don't want to have to get asked. I mean, they've, they've locked up the number one seed in the conference tournament, so what does this final game of the regular season do for them? Uh, could get them the number one overall seed. In the uh, NCAA, NCAA tournament. Oh, who cares? Does that make But don't matter? you think they get that anyway? Don't no, if they Let's say they lose to Texas A&M, but then win the SEC conference tournament. Don't you think they have a really good chance to get it anyway? Correct me if I'm wrong. The only th- thing that the, the overall number one seed gets you is that you get to play the weakest number one potentially. But who cares? There are you no also we- get to pick where you, you get the geographical geographical location. advantage. But but they're going to well, the committee will put you there. Whatever they're going to be. Yeah. Is there a southeast? Yeah, they're going to be in the southeast, right? I mean, that's that's done, right? I guess you're arguing that Tennessee could still get the one. No, it, I mean it'll be like it'll probably be between them, Houston, and Kansas. Oh, that's um, a good point. That's a good point. That it's, It'll be the South. So right now, Lenardi has Alabama as the one seed in the South, which is Louisville. Hmm. Houston, the number one in the Midwest, which is Kansas City. And he has, he has, so it's, so but he has Alabama Houston. as the number one overall, right? Uh, I would assume if he has them, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I hear, I hear what you're saying. So it, it is significant because all of a sudden, you know, Houston could take the one in the South. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I, I, I think there's something to play for there. I, I don't. I'm not saying Scott's wrong. Uh, but I, I don't think Alabama, and I think especially if you're Alabama, you've just played three games in a row where you can't be feeling good about how your game looks right now. I, I would expect that you're going to get a full effort from Alabama. I don't, I don't think they're just going to say, you know what, we're the one seed. Who cares? Let's just let's let's just get to the SEC tournament. I think they they want to get their minds right before they uh, they head into that tournament. You know, I with both teams playing. Um, it, Obviously, very well for the over the course of the season. These are the sort of games at the end of the year. Just seems like every college basketball game goes over lately, you know. So yeah, there's it, been a lot of high scores, yeah. It, 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 and you know, one thing I've noticed is that if a game starts out high scoring, it is mots more of the same, you know. So like I was watching the Fresno game the other night, and it's just like in the the first media timeout, they've already got 20 points, and it just continued all game long. Speaking of high scoring, the number 10 Gonzaga Bulldogs in a game that meant absolutely nothing to them scored 104 points. They win 104 to 65 in a non-conference game against Chicago State to close out the season. 104 to 65, 42 points in the first half, 62 points in the second half. Yeah, we've spoken about how like certain teams with big double-digit leads Foot off the gas. Not Gonzaga. Gonzaga ain't one of them. And especially no. in this game, you would have if there was a game where they would have taken their foot off the gas. What was the halftime one? score? Was it? It was forty-two to twenty-eight. Forty-two to oh, so so the Zags do not cut. This is interesting because there was some sharp money with some from some groups on the Zags first half. My sixteen and a half got bet up to my seventeen and a half, 
and they don't get there in the first half and easily cover the 28-point spread for the game. Yeah, easily covered that. Drew Timmy with 17 points. Uh, number 11, Kansas State, an 85-69 winner over Oklahoma, who is the one team in the Big 12 I'm certain <laughs> will not be in the tournament. They could win the conference tournament. No, they cannot. Uh, UConn, 88. <laughs> no. DePaul, 59. DePaul feels like they are looking forward to rolling the dice I think it's funny, Fez, this is something you you talked about on the Dream Pod last night. Teams like Oklahoma and DePaul, who have no shot in an at-large bid. Georgetown. Georgetown. We'll get to them momentarily. Teams who have no shot at an at-large bid looking ahead to the conference tournament. So why put out any real effort in these games and you see blowouts of DePaul and Oklahoma to last night. Makes a lot of sense, right? That if, I mean, if we've got, if we're going to go down swinging, let's do it next week. And we're just playing out the string right now. Uh, Xavier, 94, Providence, 89. That's another system failure. 0 and 2 on the system last night, Scott. Uh, as it was a, a, a good game. What was the spread? Boom. What was the spread? Uh, three. Providence, three. And Xavier wins 94-89. Now you know, this is I'm, I have to interrupt. I'm like the old guy, get off my lawn. I hate that when I hear Providence three. It's like Providence was minus three. Providence minus three. I apologize. No, Fez. but you, I mean, you're, you're, AJ's saying what's conventional wisdom. The bookmakers just say the team and the spread without the minus. But I I like that minus in there to prevent any uncertainty. I like the minus too. There there was a borderline system play though, because. The line actually flipped in the Ohio State-Maryland game at certain books. It did. Yes. It closed minus one. So there you go. Ohio State at home unranked, minus one against number 21 Maryland. Buckeyes win the game 73-62. An absolute what, domination. What formerly was the corpse that is the Ohio State Buckeyes that now have played back-to-back very strong games. This, you know, this flies in the face of what we're saying. The Buckeyes should be a team that's looking towards the Big Ten uh, Conference Tournament. And here, despite sucking all year long, have played two good games. Well, let's talk about another example of that. Another team that has zero shot at an at-large bid, Notre Dame. They get a win 88-81 over Pitt. Mike Bray's final home game. And Pitt was in a situation where they're not a lock to make the tournament. Like, they need these games. And they go into Notre Dame and just get absolutely taken to the woodshed early. 42-28 was the halftime score. They come back and make it somewhat respectable. I think this but this was in the final minutes because I know it was double digits yeah, Irish this, most of the second half. This was, is a bad I loss. Bet, I was betting live over throughout. Uh, 88-81, I think you got there. I did. And last game in the top 25 last night, another sort of an upset. Kentucky, who's been playing real good ball of late, they fall to Vanderbilt at home 68-66. Vanderbilt, another team who's out of the mix for an at-large Yet they're playing really good, really tough ball down the stretch. Parlayed Kentucky to the over in the second half. Not one I have to look up the second half scoring to know I lost. <laughs> I lost handily the fact that um, Kentucky couldn't even win the game. Yeah, 36-34 was the second half score. The Wildcats did outscore Vanderbilt in the second half. Not enough to get the job done. So let's look ahead to tonight's games. Wichita State is at Houston Houston is minus 17 and a half. Houston is going to dominate them, right? They're going to blow them out? I don't know, but if I play Houston, it will only be the first half. Mm-hmm. Houston first half is like mm. it's the, the it's like Alabama football first half a couple or, years ago. Or it's, the old Gonzaga first half. It's, it's just <laughs> the way to look. Uh, UCLA, a huge favorite, 11 and a half point favorite, hosting Arizona State. Arizona State needs wins. They need at least one win. On this LA road trip, so do we like so fast? Do we like that situation spot for Arizona State? God no. no? It's in, okay. in any sport, if you give me a road team that comes off of a historic, epic upset win on the road, all right, which Arizona State obviously mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. did against Arizona, and then they come home as an underdog, I like them. Frenzied crowd, home underdog momentum situation. When back to back road games, back to back road games, they just get blasted okay. more often than not. If it'd be UCLA or pass, yeah, this is the back down to earth game. Yes. Okay, makes sense. Although, didn't Iowa just have a miraculous comeback 
uh, against Michigan State, then go they were and beat home. Indiana. But they were at home. No, but they were on – Iowa was home for their miracle, yeah. but then they went on the road to Freedom All, and they should have gotten crunched in that game, and they won it by like 25 points. And um, they, that was one of the strangest games. Not the fact that Iowa was able to win, but that I, Iowa absolutely dominated that Indiana team, which I, I based upon that one game, I'm like – I don't. I think Indiana's a paper tiger. You know, when I watched that game, hmm. that that um, that was um, that was puzzling to say the least. That Iowa could so dominate another bubble team in desperate need of a win. The Wisconsin Badgers. They stink. They are four and a half point home dogs against Purdue. Purdue not very strong on the road. Purdue stinks on the road. So who do you like here, Fez? Under. Under. Well, under 127. Not no, a lot of points you. expected in that every, game. And every game goes over, so it's probably not a good that's, idea to That's play probably a good thing to stay away from. Yes. Uh, and then Arizona, who was on the other side of that heartbreaking loss to Arizona State, they are two-and-a-half-point road favorites at USC, another bubble team. So if you, if you are looking to fade a team like Arizona State off of that uh, the buzzer beater, do you look to play on a team like Arizona who suddenly feels pissed off that they lost a game they didn't think they should have lost? You know, I've been watching a lot of Arizona games this year. And if there's one thing that stands out, this team can't shoot and they're great in transition. It almost feels like Arizona to over or anti-Arizona to under would make sense. What do you guys, what do you guys think about that? I agree with that. And this total is 154. It's huge. Yes. Um, I mean, Arizona. I mean, Arizona scores 80, 90 every yeah. game. They literally so. can't shoot. They cannot shoot, but they are great in transit. And that's the big difference between last year's Arizona team and this year's Arizona team is guard play. Like the the forwards are great, but like, and the, I guess wing play too. When you count Benedict Mather and being gone, but uh, they their guards have just been incredibly inconsistent, and their bigs are good enough to go with anybody. They are fantastic in transition, but man, I do not trust their guards. Uh, it, I would, though, I, I think coming off that loss to Arizona State, I would only look at Arizona in this game. I do have a rules question for you. Okay. So Bolo can't shoot free throws. and, and Bolo. Like, Bolo, thank you. And so at the end of the game, he gets fouled, and he legitimately gets injured. And so now the other team can pick any yep. player off the bench to shoot. But if you've got a guy that can't shoot free throws, it's on the Your court. Your worst free throw shooter? Yeah, and in the final minute, why wouldn't you just have him? To pretend to be injured and get another guy out there. It makes sense. Okay. Yeah, because it, it, like the worst oh, guys pull be that shit all the time. Yeah. I'd be like, you're cramping, right? Shaq. Yeah. Shaq and, is hurt. And actually, McKenzie turned me on to the, this thought of like, it's a lot. It's it's really easy to make free throws when you're not in the middle of a game, like when you're not running up and down the court all day. When you like when you're tired, you're 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 sweating. That's why you run suicides and then shoot the free throws at the end of practice. And if you, if Johnny makes two in a row, the practice is over. And if he misses it, we all run again. If I've got my worst free throw shooter at the line and he's been out there running and sweating, I'd much rather have somebody take their warm ups off and just shoot one free throw just to uh you know just. I'd almost have a designated scrub that like doesn't play. Well, they'd never pick him though. And. No, 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 no. You, but but I, sub him I, the game. I, I would sub him in in November against Chicago State and have him intentionally miss some free throws. So he, even though he's a great free throw shooter, but his stats said he's shooting twenty two percent, two for nine, just for that one key moment. Now this is like this is next level this thinking. Is bond shit right here. Yeah. Like you, you have one player on your roster that is an eighty nine percent free throw shooter. But he makes but himself look like a fifty. During the course of the season, you put him in when you're winning by however many points, and you tell him to intentionally miss the free throws. You know when this will be ideal? When college basketball teams have twenty scholarship players. Until then, <laughs> no. And then you put him in in late situation games, and the opposing coach is like, "We gotta foul the thirty percent shooter." Yes. Meanwhile, he's really an eighty nine percent shooter. Wow, that is. That is devious. That's great. I like That's that. That's Belichick-ish. Yeah, Belichick would do something like that. I like it. I'm going to give out a best bet for tonight. I'm going to go with Troy minus seven against Arkansas State Sun Belt uh, tournament. Some Fun Belt action, and Arkansas State. They were in the play-in game. Got them, got themselves a nice win. However, 
They lost Caleb Fields. He missed a good chunk of that game with an injury. And who is this Caleb Fields? Caleb Fields is the best player that Arkansas State has. What position is he He's a guard. So he is there. You'd look towards under as well? Uh, Probably look towards under as well. Thank you. But I, I don't know for a fact that he's out of this game. But I make this game eight, even mm. if he were in the game. So if he doesn't play or he's limited, I feel like I'm getting a little bit of a free roll here. So it's bounced around between seven, seven and a half so far. Uh, I like if you can find a seven, that's fine. If you if if you can't, seven and a half is good too. But I like Troy minus seven against Arkansas State. It sounds like this is one of my the games I work with a group of guys betting, and so all the time I'll say, "All right, Troy minus seven. You need to catch seven. And then it's like chasing the, the the number, and then they don't get seven, and then it starts steaming up, and then like Troy minus seven and a half. You need to gotta get seven. seven and a half. And then by <laughs> the next morning at six twenty eight a.m. before lots of big groups start betting eight eight Troy minus eight. <laughs> get something for God's sakes. Well, you texted me yesterday morning. Uh, you woke up to my texts on college basketball. Yeah, One thirty a.m. Semo minus five Southeast Missouri. And what'd you lay? I laid six and a half. But we all win, didn't we? We all win. It closed like I seven and a half. Seven and a half, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and and they win by double digits. Yeah, e- easy winner. So uh, it's it's nice to have the best number, but sometimes, you know. You know, it's, it's easy to say that. Well, we should just play these good plays. They're going to win. Well, tell that to Fairleigh Dickinson, who I'm fairly certain did not cover minus eight. They pushed. And if you laid eight and a half, you lost. Tell that to the Arkansas uh, or the Alabama first half under 73, which was a rocking chair winner until it wasn't and landed right on 73, close 71 and a half. If you don't get that at the at some of these sharp moves, you know, you can have the right side, but it, it's sure nice when it lands on the number where it was that you don't lose that you push. Well, I'll make sure next time it says Fez uh, is his notifications are off. Do you want to push through anyway? <laughs> I'll push through anyway and make sure you uh, you get that at one thirty. Oh, believe in the me, the beep the beep is not going to awaken me from <laughs> my deep slumber. All right, Fez, always a pleasure having you in. Thank you for the time, and we will talk to you next week. Outstanding. Thank you, guys. Hockey last night, the Rangers in overtime defeated the Flyers. Uh, no Kane last night. Kane makes his Rangers debut tonight. He at wasn't the able Garden. to go, Kane? Wasn't Kane able to was go? not able to go. No. Oh, I apologize. Rangers win that game shorthanded. <laughs> they played with uh, only five defensemen. They went 11 forwards. Uh, Keandre Miller, who's been suspended. You can only have th- two on the ice at once. Like, <laughs> yeah. what's the big deal? So they had Keandre Miller, who was suspended. Ryan Lindgren, who uh, is one of the top defensemen, didn't play. He's dealing with an injury. The Flyers, they, they, they were in control for most of this game. That's a tough loss for Philly. They played really well. Last night, and they uh, came up hard luck losers. Oilers uh, beat the Maple Leafs 5-2. The Stars uh, over the Coyotes 4-2. The Coyotes traded Jacob Schifrin, one of their best uh, players, away yesterday. So they uh, are... Said his final goodbye to Mullet Arena. Yes, said his uh, final goodbye. He goes to the Senators, so a good pickup for the Senators. Uh, Elsewhere last night, it was the Devils snapping the Avalanche winning streak 7-5. Those devil dogs, man, you gonna you gonna you gonna make them dogs? I mean, it was like minus one hundred five, so slight, you know, not not plus money, but it wasn't the minus one fifteen like the Avalanche were. Uh, Devils win seven five. Capitals a three two win over the Duckies, and the Knights take care of the Hurricanes. A three two win for VGK. That is a good win on. How are we a home dog? That was disrespectful. Against a very, very good Carolina team. There was a trade that went down uh, also yesterday uh, that was finalized in the wee hours of the morning, and that was Jonathan Quick, the longtime goaltender for the uh, L.A. Kings, was traded away to the Columbus Blue Jackets, a deal that brought back to the Kings Jonas Corposalo, who was the better clearly, of the two uh, goaltenders that they had there in Columbus between him and Elvis. So quick on his way out as uh, the Kings have really kind of handed the reins over, uh, you know, kind of doing away with with Jonathan Quick. He was no longer really the, the, the starter for them. It it's was, crazy. Wasn't that guy like the best goalie in the world a few years ago? At, at, yeah. It's I mean, crazy how it goes. Yeah, father time gets you. You know, they had kind of turned the reins over to Phoenix Copley. So now it'll be Copley and Corpusalo who will be the two netminders for the Kings who are in second place in, in their uh, division. It's, it's crazy right now what's going on in the Western Conference. Here's what we have going on tonight. 
Patrick Kane will make his Rangers debut. Rangers will host the Senators. No word if Jacob Schifrin will be playing for the Senators since being acquired from uh, Arizona yesterday. Rangers are minus 178. Total is 6.5. And And I actually really like the Rangers to score in this game. I would take a look at their team total over 3.5 goals. Rangers average 3.3 goals per game ever since they acquired Vladimir Tarasenko. That number's ticked up to about 3.8. So their offense is clicking. I know they scored three last night, but that you know they, this is still a very good offensive team. You can get the over three and a half of the Rangers at minus one twenty-five. But as far as player props are concerned, I touched on this a little bit yesterday. I think Patrick Kane has an impact right away, and no, that doesn't mean bet Patrick Kane to score a goal or Patrick Kane over shots on goal. I think the impact is going to be felt by his line mate. Artemi Panarin, who spent two years with Patrick Kane in Chicago, I think Kane's going to want to be the setup man, for lack of a better term. He's going to want to play the the role of the good teammate tonight in his Rangers debut. And yes, maybe he scores. Vladimir Tarasenko scored in his first Rangers game. It was a great moment for him. His first Rangers shot at Madison Square Garden was a goal. So I would look to Artemi Panarin right now. Over two and a half shots on goal for Panarin is plus 105. Doesn't shoot a lot, but here's what I would lay. Panarin to get a point is minus 215. It's over under a half a point. Now, Patrick Kane, same thing, minus 210, over under a half a point. I think that that side is the side that the public's going to really want to be on. Is Patrick Kane to get a point? Yeah. I think I think you looking for an alternative to that is I'm looking for his sharp line. Move. I'm looking for his line. And there's a reason why Panarin's minus, you know, two fifteen. It's because he's gonna be on the line with Patrick Kane. And I think that Panarin is going to be the beneficiary here. In fact, I would even maybe take a flyer on a Panarin goal. You know, depending, you see what the props are out there for goal scorers. I don't really like playing goal scorer props. It's kind of like playing any time touchdown scorer in football, but I think Panarin lights the lamp and assist to Patrick Kane tonight. But I think the best bet for me on this game is going to be Rangers to score over three and a half goals at minus 125. Uh, elsewhere tonight, the Bruins host the Sabres, Boston minus 320. With a total of six and a half, Boston coming off an incredible win against the uh, Flames in which they were outshot 57 to 20 and they win the game 4-3 in overtime. So uh, this is just a resilient bunch. Linus Olmark is having an incredible season, the likely Vesna Trophy winner, and the Bruins, the best record in all of hockey. The Kraken are at the Red Wings. Uh, this is minus 110 both ways. Detroit has not played good hockey. They've lost three straight games. They just traded uh, uh, with the Canucks, and the more important deal that Eiserman, the general manager, former great player, made was they signed their captain, Dylan Larkin, to an eight-year contract extension. So he ain't going anywhere. He is now the face of this franchise. Maybe he plays a little looser now that he's gotten you know his deal done and maybe the Red Wings snap out of this funk here against the Kraken. The Predators are at the Panthers. Florida minus 160. Penguins at the Lightning. Tampa Bay is minus 170. And I got to be honest with you, I, I, I don't trust Tampa right now. Tampa's lost two straight games. They they didn't look good in both those games, including a 7-3 loss to the Penguins. So maybe you say, hey, revenge is on their minds, right? Want to get revenge against uh, the Penguins? You just lost 7-3? One would think. One would think. I don't know. I think think Pittsburgh's kind of finding themselves at an important stretch for them. They are one point back of the Islanders, so they're right in that wild-card mix right now. They've won three straight games. This might be the time to buy in on the Penguins, and uh, maybe we fade the Lightning here, who are minus 170 favorites. The Stars are at the Blackhawks. Dallas minus 225, playing the second night of a back-to-back, but Chicago stinks. Uh, The Maple Leafs are at the Flames. It's also the second night of a back-to-back for Toronto after losing to Edmonton. Toronto minus 120. The Wild are at the Canucks. Minnesota minus 165. Canadiens at the Kings. L.A. minus 240, I would imagine that it's Phoenix Copley in net for the Kings. Obviously, they traded away Jonathan Quick. Jonas Corposalo is the return. 
don't think Corpusala starts right away. I could be wrong, but I would lean towards Copley getting the start for L.A. in this game tonight in net. And then finally, the Sharks will host the Blues, San Jose, minus 120. Think about that for a second. San Jose is a favorite. The Sharks have 48 points on the season. There's only one team that has fewer than 48 points on the season. That is the Columbus Blue Jackets, who have 46 points on the season. And the Sharks are favored at home. Hmm. 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 Then again, the Blues did trade away all their best players. Yeah. Have a negative 37 goal differential. So (laughs) we'll see what happens in that game tonight. Taking a look around the NFL and... I want to discuss with you guys what's going on in Baltimore. Uh, The Ravens GM was asked whether he has to consider trading Lamar Jackson at some point. And he responded that a few teams have made more trades (laughs) than him since he became the GM. But he said, I love quarterbacks. I covet great players. I covet quarterbacks. And I love Lamar. So that is not factored in one time with me. We want to do what's best for the club. We want to do what we can for Lamar. We want to make everyone happy. Here's where I've always been kind of of the belief that the Ravens were jerking around Lamar Mm. until I saw this. Where'd this report come from, McKenzie? So uh, the Guardian is what I pulled it from, but they quote ESPN as the source. Okay. The Ravens apparently offered Lamar Jackson an extension worth $250 million, $133 million guaranteed at signing, that would have run through the 2027 season. So basically, five years, 250, 133 guaranteed, $50 million a year, and Lamar Jackson didn't sign that deal. Well, how much of that is guaranteed? $133 million. Yeah, so that's $100 million less than Deshaun Watson's guarantee. Mm-hmm. Which was like a hundred million dollars more than anybody ever. Yeah, you know. but I still, I still, Lamar sees that. Yep. Here's my thoughts. And this may come off. I don't know how it'll come off. I'm just going to say what I think. I if if they offered Lamar Jackson five years, two hundred and ten million, two hundred and ten guaranteed, would that be appealing to him? Yes. That tells me. He doesn't believe he's going to stay healthy for five years. It's the NFL, and he's a running quarterback. Why would you believe that? And he and he hasn't shown in the past two years that so he's been able to do that. If you were Lamar, you'd rather take five years, 210, yes. 210 guaranteed yes. than five years, 250? Yes. Not me. I, I'd much rather take the bet, the more long-term money. That's $40 million. I don't care. You're not, you're not, he's not seeing that money. He's not seeing that money. And when you have these, Then do you want to sign this guy for five years? No. But it's the NFL. If you don't have a quarterback, you got to pay for one. And there's not many quarterbacks that are better than Lamar Jackson. So you got to pay him. Or what I think they should do is I think they should franchise him. The problem with franchising him is it basically eats up all the cap space the Ravens have and means you can't add wide receivers. You can't add corners, needs that the Ravens have. You you can't add now. Yeah, if you sign him a long-term deal, you can have – Next flexibility year cap number is half of what it would be with the franchise tag. Yeah, so but apparently he wants that Deshaun Watson deal. But I'll be honest, if I'm the Ravens, I, I also kind of look at it and what the Ravens I think they believe is what the Browns gave to Watson wasn't real. Right. Like this is not the new normal. Mm-hmm. This is a bad decision that a bad franchise made. And if if the whole league models their you know their futures on decisions that the worst run franchise in the NFL has made, then where where's the league headed? I, I think if you say, well, we want to model our decisions on the Cleveland Browns or the Detroit Lions, you're not going to get very far. The Ravens are a really smart franchise. I, I think what what you have to do is you got to if you're not going to give him a fully guaranteed deal. Right, Deshaun Watson's fully guaranteed. Right, yep. two thirty, all all guaranteed. Yep. You gotta you gotta increase the percentage of the guarantee of the deal. Kyler Murray's deal was, you know, whatever whatever Kyler Murray got, um, 
it was like 80-something percent was guaranteed. This Lamar deal is, you know, it's it's like 50-something percent guaranteed. Yeah. That's not good enough. If I'm Lamar's agent, I say, listen, I'm sorry. He needs to get at least 80, 85% guaranteed. Here's my thoughts. If I'm the Ravens, I think this is what it's come to. I am using the non-exclusive tag on that's what Lamar. I think. That's what I think they should do. Let somebody else go out and pay him. And if someone else offers him crazy money, you can either you have the you have the decision then. Do you want to match it or do you want to get two first round picks for him? I think that's what you have to do. Non-exclusive tag would be thirty-two million dollars. The exclusive one's forty-five million. No, non-exclusive. Let let him go out there and negotiate because then he might learn that there's no deal out there, and then you can negotiate a deal. While you have them under the franchise tag, I think that's got to be the move. Like, and I don't want to say that Deshaun doesn't believe in himself by by passing on this number, Lamar. Sorry, I, because clearly he bet on himself last season. Yeah, but and he also didn't risk himself last season. I believe if Lamar Jackson, in your heart of hearts, if Lamar Jackson was under contract last year. Meaning, like, he had four years guaranteed money. Does he play in the playoffs? If the answer is, if your answer is not yes, I don't know what you're smoking. Because, <laughs> of course, he plays in the playoffs. He I'm, didn't play because he didn't have a, he doesn't have a deal. And when you have guys like RG3 coming out and supporting him and saying, yeah, it's the right move. You can't play. You can't play. He didn't play, and he didn't show up, or he left the stadium, or he left the city, or whatever. And I thought very much at the time, if they would have offered him that deal in July, I think he signs it. I think now he's pissed. Now yeah. he doesn't want to be. He doesn't want to be a Baltimore Raven. Then is, does that mean you just? It's time to move on from Lamar Jackson. Non-exclusive trade him to the Atlanta Falcons. Let him. Let them pay. I think, I that's think Atlanta more is likely absolutely than not. in play. That's a great fit. I think Atlanta really is absolutely is. in play. I think it makes sense for everybody. I mean, listen, that we've talked about the NFC South. There's not a single quarterback mm-hmm. in that division. If you show up with Lamar Jackson, you're the favorites. The Falcons are the favorites tomorrow to win that division. That's crazy. A team with that was Lamar Jackson. Win five games last year, but yeah, I think you're right. Because who else would it be? Yep, everyone else has fallen off, and they would have taken that step. Now that with the quarterback, it could change if Derek Carr signs with the the Saints, or then it's pickle. Yeah, but it, I mean. Lamar Jackson to the Falcons is it's enough to make the Falcons at that moment the favorite to win the NFC South. So the Falcons look at that and they realize, man, this is great for us. On the other side, the Ravens without Lamar Jackson, they're not a playoff team. And that's it. Now, it's something that would be temporary, you know, because you've got a lot of draft capital now. You've got a couple first round picks from the Falcons. But the Ravens are a team that has. They've not been the team that wants to tank. They right. they want to stay. Com- There's some franchises. The Steelers are one. The Ravens are one. Uh, teams don't want to tank. They don't want to be bad and for long enough to have to go get some high draft pick. That's a that's an interesting, I guess, sort of dichotomy that, yeah. that they've got to face here. Like, what do they really want to do? I think the best thing to do though is to let someone else offer the moon, and then you say, you know what? Good luck, Lamar. One other, at least future, maybe future NFL note, Georgia defensive tackle Jalen Carter has you been. You ever seen the longest yard? I have. <laughs> he, might be in the, he might be in the seat. He one. might be. Boy, he would dominate. <laughs> I mean, listen, the, the weakness of the guards team was always going to be the <laughs> offensive line. Like, they just don't have the beef. Jalen Carter would yeah, eat them the, up. But at the linebacker position, they were stacked. They were. They were. <laughs> Stone Cold, Roman Tackle. Yeah, 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 I was bored. Yeah. 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 Uh, either way, he's been charged with reckless driving and racing in connection with a crash that killed a teammate. If you remember Chandler LaCroix uh, and a, a female staffer, recruiting staffer, died. And that was back in January. And now he's being charged in connection with it. Who knows what that leads to, but anytime you're involved with a crime that led directly to a death, there's always the possibility of serious charges. Jalen Carter is... Top three pick. I mean, this is right there with Will Anderson as these are the best defensive players in the draft. Yeah. Do you want a run stopper or do you want a pass rusher? 
whichever one it is, that's who you're going to say is your favorite guy. Jalen Carter is an absolute beast, but does this turn you off to drafting him with a top five, top ten pick? He he told or he said on social media that he fully expects to be, you know, exonerated of any criminal wrongdoing. Is Jalen Carter – I don't know. Was Jalen Carter a law major at Georgia? I don't know. I don't know, but I think that that's – Yeah, that's stronger, though, than saying, like, I just want to, you know, wait for the legal proceedings to play out. Yeah, I, I think it's something. It's not. It's not nothing. I think his agents can hook him up with a, a nice lawyer, and I don't think that an NFL team has to. I mean, there could be character issues for. Sure. My question and, is, as far as character issues, who let him borrow their car? That's who the real criminal is. Who let him borrow their car and let someone else borrow their car? All right. I mean, a long long walk for short drink of water. Yeah, that but was, remember that, that was an Alabama there you Brady go. Thank Miller you. joke. <laughs> I, I got it. Uh, I think that yeah, I think what's going to happen is his agent's going to hook him up with an attorney. I, I think there might be character issues as to his, but teams are going to interview him at the combine. They're going to talk to him. They're certainly the NFL investigators are like the, the best private investigators you're going to get out there. They, they find out everything, right? So these teams are going to do their due diligence. If there's even uh, a hint of other wrongdoings in his past, it's going to affect his draft status, and, and the information is going to get out there. But if this is all that 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 is out, I, I don't think it's going to affect him. And you know what? I bet you the, the, uh, the, the families of the victims, you know, they're waiting for him to— get drafted and sign that contract because there's going to be a, there's going to be a civil lawsuit here that he's going to wind up paying. Carter is the number one prospect in the draft, according to Mel Kiper Jr.'s ratings. Carter's the number one prospect in the draft. He's gonna... <laughs> uh, he will not be participating in the workout portion of the combine, but will be doing interviews and will undergo a physical. So uh, that'll give us an idea of what teams think of him, I suppose. Head on over to pregame.com and grab some breakfast. That's right. We're bringing it back. <laughs> Eggs. Eggs 20. The promo code gets you 20% off at pregame.com. You can jump on board with any season-long package or subscription, a daily best bet if you'd like. College basketball conference tournaments are going on right now. We have a UFC card this Saturday, AJ. Huge UFC card. Jean, the return of the king. Jean Jones yeah. is fighting. You can get that UFC card for 20% off. Mackenzie Rivers crushing the NBA right now. I believe over the last two seasons. Are you going to marry the <laughs> NBA or are you just going to crush it all the time? It's a soulmate type thing. That's I a mean, big I mean, pun joke. I'm, it, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't even get that. A rap joke I didn't get. Here we go. <laughs> well, now you made the stupid joke with saying big pun was a rap joke. He doesn't get that. I don't get that. What are you talking about? <laughs> Like big pun, the rapper. Yeah, that, that oh was a joke. No, he was just saying it was a pun. I was no, a, it was I was enormous saying pun. It was, I was saying and big pun. I'm not a player. I just crush a lot. Oh, ah, I didn't know that song. Okay, now I'm back. Now I'm back. The question is: Is big pun himself, his incarnation, his personage, a pun himself? And like, oh, what's the pun? Well, he's the pun. If he's the pun, he's big pun. He's fat. He's also a big pun. But if he's not a pun, then it's not a pun. It only has one meaning. Capital Punishment was a hell of a CD, though. It was. It was. 90s wouldn't have been the same without it. Yeah. You nasty pun. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Would there be a Fat Joe without Big Pun? No. No, no. No, No, right? 100% no. He's a mini-me. He's a big mini-me of Big Pun. Eggs 20 is the <laughs> By the way, doing well in the NBA. <laughs> McKenzie up over 70 units the last two seasons in the NBA. Uh, Eggs 20 gets you 20% off anything you'd like at pregame.com. For McKenzie Rivers, AJ Hoffman, Steve Fezzik, Big Pun, and Fat Joe, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas. AM. Hey, yeah.